All right. Leviticus chapter 19. We're going to start at verse 23. And it reads, And when ye shall come into the land, and shall have planted all manner of trees for food, then ye shall count the fruit thereof as uncircumcised. Three years shall it be as uncircumcised unto you, and it shall not be eaten of. Verse 24, but in the fourth year, all the fruit thereof shall be holy to praise the Lord withal. Verse 25, it says, and in the fifth year shall you eat of the fruit thereof that it may yield unto you the increase thereof. I am the Lord your God. I want to take my thought out of 23 where it says, Then ye shall count the fruit thereof as uncircumcised. I want to pray real quick. Lord God, in the name of Jesus. God, let me deliver this word as you gave it to me, Lord God. Let it be edifying. Let it be encouraging. Let it be for correction and reproof. Lord God, that your people may be fully furnished in righteousness, Lord God. God, we ask right now in the name of Jesus, rebuke any contrary spirits, God, any distractions, Lord God. They that have an ear, let them hear what the Spirit is saying to the church, Lord. In the name of Jesus, we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. My title tonight, I want to um, just title it Uncircumcised Fruit. Uncircumcised Fruit. I, um, I was tossing back and forth with two different messages um, when I was notified that I was going to speak. Uh, but the Lord, I, I settled on this one. I wanted to be encouraging, edifying word. Um, uncircumcised fruit. We are in the middle of this building front and this building program and we're coming into a new season, a new land and we're, we're going out to the world sowing all type of seed and preaching and teaching the word of God, hopefully Bible studies and we've been a great light and it's a lot of exciting things going on in the tree of life, amen. And thank God that we are a part of it, thank God that we're in the kingdom for such a time as this. But uncircumcised fruit, I, 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 I've been in Leviticus reading. Uh, Leviticus is, can, can be one of them hard reads. I'm not uh, a super theologian or nothing like that, but I enjoy reading the book of Leviticus. Um, for all my studiers, it's a good companion book to the book of Hebrews. If you ever want to study them side by side, it can unlock and open up some things to you as far as the law and Hebrews and the, the holiness code and all that different things, you can find a lot of rich principle in this book. Um, but I want to deal with the importance of circumcision. We know it, you know, uh, all through the Bible, it talks about circumcision before the law. It's a very important subject. Uh, the, the Bible talks about how the Lord he, he, he cut a covenant with Abraham, and, and he, he had Abraham take these creatures and cut them in half, and, and, and 
in history, it shows when people will come into agreement or covenant or contract, as we would say it today, they would take animals and cut them in half, and both parties will pass by, signifying if either one break that covenant, what happened to those animals will happen to the guilty party, whatever, which one break that covenant. But how God seen it, he was the only one who passed by those animals, amen. He couldn't find anyone who was greater than himself to swear, so he swore by himself, and he bound himself to Abraham, amen. And, and before he changed his name, and when he changed his wife's name, and he gave him all these promises, he said, I, I have another covenant. I, he called it my covenant. He said, this will be a token in your flesh. And he told him, and he was 99 at the time, and he told him to circumcise the foreskin of his members on his body. And he wanted him to do every one, every man child that was born in his house, circumcise them on the eighth day. And, and he told him it was so important that even if he was to buy servants or anyone that was born in his house, they were to be circumcised also. And the Bible says that any soul, any person who did not partake in this covenant, his soul will be cut off. His soul will be cut off. And, and he said, it's a token to you in your flesh. It's an everlasting covenant. I, I, you know, how can something be everlasting dealing with my flesh? It's so temporal. But he told him, this is an everlasting covenant that will be in your flesh. It's a token. And that was before law. Well, many years, thousands of years, probably before the law. Now you see, uh, go down, if you journey from in Genesis 17, if you, but you go to Exodus. Y'all know the story of Moses. He, he, he was on the backside of the desert after leaving Egypt and, you know, all that. He was called to be the deliverer. And the Bible says he's seen a burning bush, and he said, today I will turn aside. We don't know how long that bush was burning, but he chose one day to turn aside and, and to see. Let me, let me see what this is all about. And in that encounter, he met the Lord God of his fathers. Amen. And the Lord showed him himself and showed him wonders. He, he pulled his hand out of his coat, and it was white as lepers, and put it back in, and it was back to normal. And, and he cast his rod on the on, on, the, on the floor, and, and he did wonders, and God told him, I need you to go to, to Egypt and tell Pharaoh to let my people go. Now, the whole conversation wasn't recorded. It, it, uh, we, I wish we had that whole conversation, but in, in the book of Exodus chapter 4, he told him, when you get there, take that rod with you and show Pharaoh all those wonders. Show him what I showed you. And Moses did what the Lord told him to do. But in the next verse, verse 24, the Bible says God met Moses by the way. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Anybody Bible readers in here? He met Moses by the way. And the Bible says that God moved to kill him. He moved to kill Moses. And it, it, the, the narrative just shift. It's just like, okay, I'm going to do what God told me to do. God told me to do this. I'm going to do it. I'm going to get on about my way to do it. And when he stepped out on faith to do what God told him to do, God met him to kill him. There was something that was undone that Moses should have done. And the Bible says that when, when God was pressing upon Moses to kill him, his wife, Zipporah, had to step in and take a flint of rock and take his son and, and circumcise him. 
And he took the foreskin and threw it at Moses' feet. And, and the Lord relented. He let go. But it, it was something there. He, 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 don't try to do anything for God without dealing with your flesh first. God requires you to deal with your flesh. Before he made a promise to Abraham, he told him, you have to deal with this thing. Before Moses could go back to Egypt and preach and show all those wonders, he told him, I, I need you to deal with this issue first. Amen. And not just in Moses, but after the children came out of bondage and they, they, they was in the wilderness, y'all know the story, for 40 years. They was in the wilderness wondering for 40 years because the generation that came out, they tempted God 10 times. And God swore that they would not enter into his rest. And, and he marched them around to that generation. Everybody that was over 40, they got marched. They had a death march. He just marched them around until the Bible said their carcasses fell in the wilderness. He said, I'm, I'm going to send your sons in in your stead. And the Bible, in Joshua 5, it has an account. After the children of Israel crossed over Jordan, before they went to Jericho, before they fought an enemy, God said, we have to take care of some business first. He took all the men and said, we have to circumcise all of them. Because none of them was circumcised when they was in the wilderness. All the men, they were circumcised when they was in bondage. But all of them died on the way. But all those men that were raised and born up in the wilderness was not circumcised. And God made them all go through circumcision in one day. And he gave them rest and peace until they was healed up. But I just want to let you know, before you can have the walls of Jericho come falling down, before you can have dominion and claim your land, and before you can have that milk and honey that we all desire for, we have to deal with this flesh. Amen. We have to deal with this flesh. If you want everything that God has for you, Deal with that flesh. Deal with it first. And the Bible says in that one day, he removed, he rolled away the reproach of Egypt off of them. The reproach. He, he rolled away that disgrace. He rolled away that shame. All them things that they, 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 they took and, and adopted from the world, from Egypt. He rolled all of the way in just one day. Amen. How many remember that day that God rolled away your reproach and your shame from your past. And how many remember when you went down in Jesus' name and the blood was applied and you came up white as snow? Amen. He rolled away the reproach in one day. God knows how to deal with the guilt of our past and the shame. He have a process that can just roll it all away. Amen. Before you could do anything, you have to take that cut. You have to deal with this flesh. We can't use, the Bible says, don't use your liberty as a, as a cloak. Don't, 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 oh, well, God love me for this, I know, for the Bible tells me so. And continue to do things in your flesh. You have to crucify, you have to die daily, amen. Amen. And all these things happen in the Old Testament for an our example, amen. It happened, everything in the Bible happened in the Old Testament, for our example, these things was a type and a shadow. I'm not preaching law unto y'all. I, I, hear me. I, we're going to get to the New Testament here in a minute. I know some of y'all are not used to handling the Old Testament like you should, but it's the schoolmaster to lead us to Christ. Amen. It was an example. But we know that Jesus Christ 
is the substance. Amen? The, the New Living Translation translates that as Jesus Christ is the reality. He is the reality of all them ordinances and all them laws and all those things and figures and types from the Old Testament. In Colossians, it tells us that Jesus, he took every ordinance from the Old Testament and moved it out the way, nailing it to his cross. He nailed it to his cross. He was the substance. The only thing that was nailed to that cross was himself. He was the reality. He was our Passover. He was our circumcision. Christ, he is our righteousness. Amen. Now, you, 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 even now in 2022, about to be 23, you have a lot of people who still will teach on holy days and, and, and lineage and, you know, uh, I'm not trying to be antagonistic, but they have, they call it the purple game. Some of y'all know, uh, they stand on a corner and scream out, yell out, if you ain't this type of person, if you don't have this type of skin color, then you ain't Hebrew. It's all about what we look like or where we come from. Or you have the other people that say, well, you ain't bright enough, light enough, then you're not a Jew. But none of that, all that is done away with in Christ, amen. We are no more Jew or Greek, male nor female. We are one in Christ Jesus, amen. They, very, they have a zeal. They stand out on that corner, rain, hail, sleet, or snow. And we preach, and, and, and the Bible says they, they, they want to be teachers of the law, but they don't know where, how it, they don't understand how to affirm or where, or understand how to apply it. In, in, in the New Testament days, they had what they called Judaizers. They had Judaizers. Paul, the Bible says, was the apostle to the uncircumcision, and Peter was the apostle to the circumcised, the Jewish people. But you had this group that was those zealous behind the law of Moses and what they was taught by tradition, that they would go behind Paul after miracles and signs of wonder. He, he didn't just preach the word. He preached with power and demonstration also. But these groups would come behind him and tell the church, yeah, if you really, really want to get to Christ, if you really want to uh, be a part of this, this, this New Testament, you have to be circumcised first. You have to be a proselyte. You have to convert to Judaism and then become a Christian. But how many glad that we're free in Christ this evening? Anybody free to dance? Anybody free to live for him? Anybody free? We don't have to come under the bondage of the law. In the Council of Jerusalem, they said we or our fathers was able to, to, to handle this. Why would we put this burden on them? And, and, and in Galatians, the Bible talks about how uh, Paul himself had to withstand Peter to his face. That's the Bible. He had to stand him to his face. He said he was, he, he was not holding on to the truth of the gospel. Because when, when, when he first came out to where they were, he was eating and dining and sitting with the Gentiles, eating what they ate. But when some came from James, the circumcision, they withdrew themselves. And, and, and Paul rebuked him, him and Barnabas. He said they even got born of his daughter. He, he withdrew himself. And he said, why, you've been a Jew, live like the Gentiles, but you want the Gentiles to live as do the Jews. That's where that word Judaizer. You want them to Judaize. You want them to take the cut. You want them to 
to take this upon themselves. And, 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 and the Bible says if we were to do that, we are debtors to the whole law. You, you are, and if you offend in one place, you're guilty of all of it. You, this is some serious matter. And, I, and you understand the zeal. I, I do because if you look at it, God told Abraham, if you don't do this, your soul will be lost. If you don't, if, if you don't circumcise everybody that's in your house, you have no part of my covenant. You'll be cut off from your people. And so the people, they didn't have a respect for anybody who was not circumcised. That's why David, when he was a young boy, and he heard that giant screaming out in that valley, send me a champion. He had no respect. For, he didn't care how big he was. He seen somebody that was uncircumcised. He said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? He, who, who is this? And, and the Bible says he ran to him. They had no respect for anybody who was uncircumcised. He knew, even though he was a giant and he was a, a, a military warrior from his youth, he knew that he was an alien from the commonwealth of Israel. He was a stranger of the covenant of promise. That's what I'm preaching about tonight, the covenant of promise. He was a stranger to that covenant. And the Bible says, if you're a stranger to that covenant, you have no hope. I don't care if David would have ran to him backwards. That giant didn't have no hope to standing against a child of God. Amen. He had no hope without God in this world. And he, and he, and he, and he ran towards him. I want to let you know, I don't care how much money you have, your education. I don't care how, what your, your degree. I don't care your skills. If you don't have the, 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 the covenant of promise over your life, you have no hope. You have no hope. I, but I come to preach hope tonight to somebody. Amen. Hallelujah. There's a promise of the Father that you can receive. Hallelujah. It's called the Holy Ghost. Spoiler. The Holy Ghost. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But this is the law. It's the law. God gave it to Moses, and Moses gave it to his people. And, 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 and Paul says the law was good. It's good. It, it was a schoolmaster. It, it was to lead us to Christ. And thank God it, it did what it was supposed to do. And, and the Bible says that, that sin took advantage and used the commandments of God to bring death to us. According to Romans 17 and 11, Paul describes the, the, the work of sin and how it used the law to condemn us in it. And it's, in, in Galatians, he told him, if you are circumcised, you are a debtor to the whole law. No man was able to keep this law. It was too heavy. The New, New Living Translation says in Galatians 3 and 19, then why then was the law even given? It was given alongside the promise to show people their sin. It's to show that you need a Savior. The law points to Christ. It points to Calvary. Amen. But us in our flesh and pride, we try to justify ourselves we continue to, continue to take them filthy rags and try to cleanse our own hands and say, see, Lord, look what I've done. See, see, I can do it. And it's, it's, it's filthy rags before him. The letter kills. But at that promise that it was given alongside of the spirit, it gives life. So, Brother Jordan, what, what's all this talk about circumstances? What are we talking about tonight? What, what, what's the point? The point is found in Romans chapter 2. 
It's not about the token in your flesh. God requires, this, this is an everlasting covenant, but he requires the circumcision of your heart. The circumcision made without hands, amen. In, in, in Romans chapter 2, Paul describes if you are circumcised and you offend in, in any point of the law, that is counted as uncircumcision to you. you, you you're as guilty as a heathen. But if somebody is uncircumcised and they keep the righteousness of the law, the Bible says it's counted to him as circumcision. How many are glad that Jesus Christ is our righteousness? <laughs> Hallelujah. He fulfilled the law. He didn't do away with it, but he fulfilled the law. He is our righteousness. We keep that righteousness of the law. That's, that's how it's done. And, and, and the Bible tells us, okay, they took a rock, they took flint and, and removed that foreskin surgically. But how do someone deal with their heart? How, how, do you, how do you circumcise your heart? If you turn with me in, in Colossians chapter 2. Amen. Colossians chapter 2. We're going to read at verse 9. Go down to 12. It says, For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And ye are complete in him, which is the head of all principalities and powers, and whom also you have, ye are circumcised with the circumcision made without hands, and putting off the body of sin of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. Hallelujah, the circumcision of Christ. Verse 12, it says, how do how you... You, you perform the circumcision of Christ? Buried with him in baptism. Buried with him in baptism. Wherein also you are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God who have raised him from the dead. Now, I, I want to I point something out to you. I, I love reading Paul's epistles. He, he, he does a play on words right here. I don't know if you peeped that. It says that it's through faith and it's an operation of God. It's a circumcision made without hands. It's God's hand that's doing the operating here. He will reach in with the power of the Holy Ghost and change your whole mentality. He'll change the way you walk. He'll change the way you talk. He'll change the way you think. He'll change all aspects of you. He will circumcise your heart. It's through baptism. It's through baptism. Now, it's the baptism of the spirit and the baptism of the water. It's the baptism of the spirit and the water. The baptism of the water buries us with him in the likeness of his death. But the baptism of the spirit raises us up in the likeness of his resurrection. Without that covenant, your soul will be cut off. Without that covenant, you are none of his. The Bible tells us. In Luke, it describes the Pharisees and the lawyers, they rejected the counsel of God, not being baptized by John. When you're not baptized, baptism is more than a work, an outward profession. It is an operation of God. I know a lot of people tell you that it's a work. You don't need to be baptized. It's just a, a public demonstration of the inward faith that's happened. That's not true. That's not what the Bible says. You must be born again of the water and of the spirit. 
The Bible says that you, you can't even enter in, let alone can't even see the kingdom unless you've been born again of the water and of the spirit. Don't reject the counsel of God for your life. Be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Be planted in the likeness of his death and resurrected in the power of his resurrection. In the name of Jesus. This is my covenant. This is my covenant. This is the new covenant. Amen. You must be born again. Hallelujah. We have to take the cut. We have to deal with, with this, this, this flesh. We can't continue to walk in the flesh. We need the indwelling spirit of God. The Bible says in Romans 8, I'm going to turn there real quick. The Bible says in Romans 8, verse 9. But ye are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If so, be that the spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, let's say it all together. He is none of his. I don't want y'all to say the preacher said it. The Bible said it. Amen. He is none of his. In the Old Testament, if you did not have that circumcision, you was not counted in the commonwealth of Israel. You had no covenant with his people. In the New Testament, it is the same thing, but it's not a circumcision made with hands, but without hands. The baptism, being buried with him, amen. We have to circumcise this heart. We have to walk in the spirit. We have to walk in the spirit. We have to live in the spirit. The Bible says in the same chapter, verse 6, it says, for the carnal mind is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. I'm pretty sure everybody in here want to please God. I'm, I'm pretty sure you want to come on a Wednesday night. There's a lot of other things that you could be doing. If you want to please God, stay in the spirit. Amen. Stay in the spirit. You have to stay in the spirit. Paul rebuked the Galatians. He asked them, are you so foolish? How after starting in the spirit, do you think you can finish anything in the flesh? Hallelujah. I thank God for being in the church that I'm in. I, I, we don't have this problem here, but I, I, I've seen churches where they used to praise God and they used to run the aisles and they, they, the spirit used to move. But now it, it's, it's, it's like a cemetery in the place. They, 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 they become so programized and we have to do this and we have to do that and we have to do this. And, 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 and when these things line up the way we think they should, the seekers will come. Those, those people, they, they come and enjoy. I, I, I heard that some churches even send out surveys in the neighborhoods and, and ask, what would you like to see out of your churches? When I come to the house of God, I want to see the spirit of God move. I don't care if it's a fog machine, you got coffee. I don't care if it's only 30 minutes. I know some of y'all wish I was done already, but 
I want to see the Spirit of God move in our midst. I want to see the blind eyes open and the, the lame walk. I want to see the, 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 the broken restored. I, I want to see, hallelujah, signs, miracles, and wonders. I want to see God's hand. Hallelujah. I've seen the hand of man, and I know what that can do, but I'm seeking after God in his face. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's, that's what God, he desires us to worship him in spirit and in truth. That's his desire. His desire is for us to have truth in the inward parts. Amen. When, when David, he fell in, in Psalms 51, he describes, Lord, create in me a new, a, a clean heart and and don't, he asked him, don't remove your Holy Spirit from me. He said, you, you desire truth in the inward parts. How can a wretched man like that I am have truth in my inward parts? I, I've fell short of God's glory. I, I've messed up time and time and time again. How, how, how can I, who, who's a liar, and how, 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 how can I, who, who walked away and done everything that I was bid and bad enough and proud enough to do, how can I obtain truth in my inward part? Hallelujah. The Bible says that our heart is de deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Your heart will deceive you before the devil will. Your heart will deceive you before this world will. Your heart will lie to you. It's desperately wicked. Desperately wicked. You know, they tell you if, if you if you have a wild animal, if you find it cornered, don't mess with it because a wild animal, if it's desperate, it'll do almost anything. And some of our hearts been in that condition. We would do almost anything to get a fix or to, to feel good. We'd do almost anything. We don't care who we hurt. We don't care who we step on. We would do anything. It is desperately wicked. How can I have truth in that part of me? Hallelujah. But I hear the Bible says it's by my spirit. It's not by might. It's not by a 12-step program. It's, it's not by, by power, said the Lord, but by my spirit. The spirit of the Lord will lead and guide you to all truth. Before it would lead you to truth, it would guide you to truth. It, it, the spirit of God will do a work in our hearts. It'll, it'll take this heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. Amen. Amen. It's the spirit of God. The spirit. The spirit is what circumcised your heart. The spirit will take that fleshly mindset, this worldly, it'll, it'll remove that reproach of the world off of our hearts. That's why we got to contend in prayer, y'all. Not just for houses, cars, and clothes, and our kids go to college and all. That's all great and grand. Pray for it. But you need to stay in the altar for yourself. You need to stay in the altar and say, Lord, shine the light from heaven on my soul. Hallelujah, Lord, if you see anything that shouldn't be, God, take it out and strengthen me. I want to be right. I want to be saved. I want to be whole. Hallelujah. You, you have to stay in the presence of God. You have to stay entertaining. We have to learn. I think this, inter, this generation have not learned properly how to entertain the spirit of God. Sometimes you just got to be still. Sometimes you just got to just wait a minute. You know, we, we grab our stuff and be headed out of here. We, 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 it's a TikTok generation. If, if, if it ain't 15 seconds and don't catch my attention, I'm done with it. I'll I, I, I flick to the next thing. But we got to learn how to sit in God's presence. We got to learn how to let the Holy Ghost do what the Holy Ghost do. We got to let the word take root. We got to let the word take root in our hearts. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
And when the word take root, when the spirit take root, it'll bring forth fruit in its due season. Amen. It'll bring forth fruit. But if you don't, fruit will, the season will change. The rain will come. The sun will shine. And you're going to produce some fruit. Rather it be from the flesh or rather it be from the spirit. You will produce some fruit. Without the Holy Ghost, the fruit you will produce will be of, of lust and envy and murder and strife and wrath, sedition and fornication and uncleanness, idolatry, witchcraft and heresy. The Bible describes that the work of the flesh. That's, that's what you will produce. That, that fruit will come out of you. You, you, you always wonder, oh, where'd that come from? Because that was in you. That's that flesh that you have not crucified. But if you let the Spirit have its way, it'll produce love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, come on, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. It'll produce that fruit that is pleasant to the soul. Hallelujah. I passed the preach lovely last night. I was texting some of the brothers. I say he's, he's in my message, but amen. God bless. Hallelujah. The fruit is the seed-bearing structure of a tree. We all have seed in us. And John tells us, you know who the children of God is, and you know who the children of the devil is by what? The seed that remains in that person. What seed is remaining in you? Is it clean seed? Is it holy seed? Is it circumcised seed? Or is it other flesh? That's uncircumcised fruit. Don't eat of it. Don't give it to nobody. You don't give nobody that. Nobody wants that. It might look good. It might spring forth. But you, 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 it, it, it doesn't yield anything that is beneficial. The Bible says in 1 John 3 and 9, anyone born of God does not practice sin because his seed, his word, his seed abideth in him. The message here is uncircumcised fruit. One of the fruits of, of, of the flesh is heresy. Heresy. You have groups and organizations with billions of dollars and and they name the name of Christ. They send hundreds and millions of dollars to help people in aid and the hurricane. So much compassion go out. But if it's not done with the spirit, it is uncircumcised fruit. You have people that build schools and cathedrals. And if it's not the circumcised of, of Christ, that heart, if the heart is not, if you don't have that biblical salvation, that fruit is not worth anything. It's not worth anything. It's not worth anything. And Matthew, I'm coming to a close. In Matthew, it tells us in chapter 7, you will know them by their fruit. You will know them by their fruit. You, you, don't, you don't gather grapes out of thorns and thistles and vice versa. You just don't. You, you will know them. I know the generation say, y'all don't judge. No, that is judgment. That is discernment. You, the Spirit will give you that gift to know this ain't right. This is sin. Amen. Don't ignore that on the basis of trying to get along with somebody. Take the beam out your own eye 
so you can be see clear enough to take the moat out your brother. Amen. That's what the Bible tells. It don't tell you not to do it. It tells you to just take care of yourself first. Amen. And the Bible says, after you tell them, you know them by their fruit, it gives an account. They said, well, in that day, many will say, many will say, Lord, we did this in your name. We cast out devils. We, we, we gave and we, we, we did all these things in your name. And he said, I have to tell them. He said, this is what he said. It always intrigued me. He said, I will profess. You have a lot of organizations to tell you all you have to do is Profess Jesus. Just profess him. Out of the mouth and out of the heart, just profess him that thou shalt be saved. The Bible says that, but it say, say it to save people. It's not telling you how to get saved, it's telling you how to stay saved. Amen. He, he said, oh, you made a profession? I have a profession. I don't know you. I don't know you. But Lord, we did this in your name. We done month, we, 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 we cast out devils. We, we gave our money to the poor. In your name, we did all this. He said, I never knew you. That is uncircumcised fruit. It's uncircumcised fruit. There's a story in, in, in the Bible. It always intrigued me. In John chapter 11, verse 5, it's the story of Martha, Lazarus, and Mary. And it starts off like this. It says, Jesus love Martha and her sister and Lazarus. Her sister was Mary. One account said that was Mary who poured the anointed his feet. Mary was the one who sat and did the right thing and, and stayed at Jesus' feet. But here in this Bible text, it said he loved Martha and her sister. He didn't even name her. And when stuff is said like that in the Bible, it's a reason why. It's a reason why. I heard a preacher say he, he expect the reason was this. Jesus was a frequent guest at their house. Frequent. He was friends. He loved Lazarus. He loved Mary. He loved Martha. But when he went there, Mary would worship him. Mary would, 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 would tap into that godness, that fullness that was in him. And she would just, just sit at his feet. She, she much was forgiven, and she, she knew what she had there. But Martha, the Bible says, was encumbered, busy with many things. She was making sure everybody ate and making sure the place was clean. And, and we, we got to do this. We got to do this. I, I need help. We, we have to do this. And, and that, 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 that was needful, but it wasn't as needful what, what Mary was doing. See, see, you act like, okay, Jesus here, everybody's going to eat. Amen. If he had to break something to bless something, everybody's going to eat. You, that, that's not your responsibility. He'll he, he take care of that. But Martha took care of the man side of Jesus. He, he, was, he had a dual nature. He was God and he was man. So he, he felt comfortable. There's a lot of places where Jesus went and they would worship him and it, it, it stroked that God, that Godness in him. And then there were some places where they just looked at him and said, who do you think you are? We, we, we know from where you come from. You ain't nothing but a man. But at Lazarus' house, he had peace with that dual nature. He would get worshipped and he would get served as a man. And that's why he frequent there so often. And, and, and I heard somebody say, churches are like that. You go, you go to the church 
And I know I have talked to people and say, well, if your church don't give this much money to the community, if your church don't have coat drives, and if your church don't have a soup kitchen, I ain't going to go there because that's what the gospel is all about, to serve and people. And it's needful. It's a beautiful thing. But you go to those type churches services and it's dead. Can I talk? Y'all, I'm just trying to be transparent. It's dead. But then you go to some churches, they swinging from the chandelier, the spirit moving in that place. <laughs> spirit moving in that place. But they can't give you a, a, a mail stamp. Can't get a hot dog. Go get your chicken from, you know. It'd be off balance. But but if, if you have a church, and I'm thank God that the Tree of Life is one of those churches where the worship is beautiful and there's love and community amongst the brother. Hallelujah. There is love and community amongst the brother. And Jesus can be comfortable in this place. I'm going to be transparent. This, this message, I read that. I, I know I kind of took that all out of context. I didn't even really deal with the text tonight. I'm sorry to my Bible scholars. Just, you know, I, I just, it, it gave me a thought that I wanted to share. I was on my way to a doctor's appointment, and I was crossing over Coleraine and Springdale Road. I didn't even tell my wife this. This, this, is, this is something the Lord convicted me on. And, and I seen there was a group of people on every corner. You know, this is a very busy intersection. It was like two, two to three people on every corner. They was making noise. They had these signs. And I'm thinking, you know, one of them car wash places or something. I don't know. They probably fundraising. But I looked. They had a little boy's picture on these buckets and a little boy picture on these signs. And they were saying they was raising money for some type of treatment for this child. And when I seen what it was, I said, well, they out here, they've been proactive. They're not just, you know, doing what some other people do or whatever, but they was out there asking. They was, had an uplifted spirit about it. And so I went in my pocket. I grabbed something I could give. And the thought came to my heart, I would want somebody to do that for my child if I was in that situation. Very noble, understandable. And I put the money in the bucket. And I kept on going about my business. Pray for the child, pray for the family. But when I was in prayer, the Lord said, why did you get that money? Because of you? Because what you, what you want somebody to do for you? Why not give it because you love them? Why not give it because I gave for you? What, 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 what fruit, what, 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 what profited, oh, because it, it felt good or because it was a nice gesture. No, I want to have some fruit that remains. I want to have some fruit that lasts. I, I, I should have stopped and prayed over that money and said, Lord, let this, whatever it go, let, let it not just be an afterthought. I gave according to what, how I felt. And we so easily do that. It, it, I, I'm, talking to, I'm talking about me. And the Lord convicted me. That, that, that's... And, I, and I'm talking about, I want to say the next day I read the scripture, uncircumcised fruit. Was that out your flesh or was, did the spirit unction you to do that? And I believe the Lord will bless and I know he will. I, I thank God, but we have to make sure that every step that we take, 
every word that comes out of our mouth, anything that we put our hands to do, let it be through and by the Holy Ghost. If you do it out of your flesh, out of your kindness, it'll be tainted. It'll be tainted. How many, I, I, listen, God is love. The Bible declares God is love. But he, he, he said, hey, how wicked, he told the Pharisees, y'all are wicked, but if your son asks for a fish, you won't give him a, 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 a serpent. You can show love without God. You can show love without the Spirit. You can show kindness. You can show long-suffering. But it, the fruit, the seed that is coming from will be tainted. We're here to be ambassadors of Christ. We're here to show forth his glory and his praise. Let it not be about us. And, and we, we move. And, and I know certain things and people can tug at your heart. You know, they have fundraisers and all that. And, you know, all that is good, and it has its place. But as the child of God, everything that we do should be peaceable fruit, should be loving, kindness, out of the spirit, out of the spirit. Everything we do, the conversations we have, should be out of the spirit. See, so we, 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 get, we move too quick. When somebody asks our opinion about something, we give them conventional wisdom, man's wisdom. You know, we say things like, you know, God only helped those who helped themselves. That sound good, but there's no fruit in that. That's not what the Bible say. That's not what the Bible say. I, I, I know when I couldn't help myself, when, when, I, when I was seeking deep in sin, seeking to never rise no more, it was nothing that I can do. But God hands came and reached and snatched me out of that hopeless situation. That's a seed that I can plant. I don't care. There's some people that we, we, in our mind, we never see them changing. They're just so stuck in their ways. They think different. They, they, that's just their world. That's, they, that, 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 that sin has become their identity. And you think it's just no hope. Oh, there's hope. Hope, what the preacher said, hope, hope remains. And we're not going to reach them with gimmicks. We're not going to reach them with our, our fleshly wisdom. We're not going to reach them with our degrees. We're not going to reach them with our money. We're not going to reach them with our program. We have to stay in the spirit. We have to stay producing fruit, constantly producing fruit. Don't you know the tree of life, the Bible says, had, had 12 different manner of fruit? And every season, it, it, it's just continued to bud. No matter what season it's in, it's just continued to bud. We should always, always be producing fruit. Amen. I want to close with this scripture in Jeremiah. The book of Jeremiah, chapter 4. Verse 4. And this is Old Testament. Circumcise yourselves to the Lord. Take away the four sins of your heart, ye men of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, 
lest my fury come forth like fire and burn that none can quench it because of your evil deeds. There are some things that we do, we justify, we did it out of a good conscience. But if it's flesh, it's evil. There's no good thing that dwells in me. There's no good thing that's dwelling in me. We have to stay humble under the mighty hand of God. We have to stay humble under his mighty hand. Don't produce uncircumcised fruit. Keep your heart rent before the Lord. Keep your ears and your eyes open. Every opportunity, every sinner that you come across is an opportunity to plant a seed. Rather than stony ground, the sower went forth to sow. Rather if it's a, a ground with thorns and thistles, still throw that seed. Rather if it's good ground, we, we, he, he didn't tell the sower to only throw it on what you think is good ground. He just told him, go forth and sow. Go forth and sow. I want to open up these altars. Musicians, please come. When the Lord showed me that, I, I immediately repented. I was moved. I'm one of them people, I, I will give to somebody who say they're hungry. I give to somebody who say they need, if I have it. And I'm one of those people that would tell somebody, this is the Lord's $20 bill. <laughs> he gave it to me and I'm giving it to you. Now, if you take God's money and do anything else but buy food with it, that's between you and God. <laughs> but when I gave out of, man, I hope that don't happen to me. Man, my, my children at school, probably on the playground, running somewhere, and that, that child is probably in the hospital. And in order for me to show compassion, I had to put myself in that shoe. While the Bible says, while I was yet in sin, Christ came and died for me. When I had the can't help it sin, when I, I, I raised my hand high, the Old Testament called them a high hand sin. Anybody know about them high hand sin? I know what the Bible says, but I'm going to do what I want to do anyway. He still showed long suffering towards me. Some of us don't have patience, eh? Look at that person. Look. They dyeing their hair. They, they wearing this. They got this. They, 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 they all, this, where is this world coming to? Just write them off. You see certain people and you just cross the street. You don't even want to be bothered. You see certain people. I, I'm talking to me. You cross the street because you don't want to get a whiff. You, you already thinking, Lord, God, I hope that stench don't come my way. And how filthy. was your sin before God. 
He said when he seen you polluted in your own blood, he didn't pass by. He took his, the Bible says he took his skirt and cleansed you up and washed you, cleansed you, put his banner over you, which is love, called you his own, having nothing to give. He died, and, 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 and a lot don't even respond to it. You hear that song saying, we respond? We're here to respond to his love. This church should be packed. But it's few that find that straight and narrow way. But he still died. When you give, when you lift your hands, when you speak encouragement, make sure it come from a right place. Make sure it come from the throne of God and not some throne that you set up thinking that you know it all. My persuasion is the right way. He is the way, the truth, and the life. It's only him. Not ours. Not our way. Not our idols that we set up. And call it Jesus. Woo. Pastor preached a message last night. He said, we have to speak the truth. But we got to speak it in love. That's the fruit of the Spirit. We have to have holiness. We must have holiness. But it must follow peace. That's the fruit of the Spirit. Sometimes we justify those things. I'm going to get them straight. I got to declare it. And you're doing it out of your flesh. And you plant more flesh seeds, hatred, envy. That's why people don't want to come to church. People, oh, there's too many hypocrites there. Those seeds, those uncircumcised fruit that has been scattered. Let that not be said of the Tree of Life Church. We're going to come to the land and we're going to plant all manner of, all manner of trees. Amen. All manner of trees is going to be planted. And the Bible says in his due season, they will be offered up to praises to the Lord our God. Let's not produce and bring abundance of uncircumcised fruit. This, it, it, the Bible says you wouldn't even give this to your governor. Don't bring that to me. Don't bring that to my people. The altars is open. Lord God, in the name of Jesus, we are your people. We are the sheep of your pasture, Lord God. Woo, hallelujah. I know the grass looks greener on the other side sometimes. But there's more manure over there, Lord God. It's more mess, it's more stuff. But God, we ask, Lord God, that you purify our mind. Our souls tonight, Lord. In the name of Jesus, sanctify your people afresh tonight, Lord. Sanctify our motives before you, Jesus. Hallelujah.